everyone, and welcome to Light Conversations on Trauma podcast. Bringing conversations around hardship into the light. It's me, Peter Middleton, here, and I'll be hosting this podcast. This is a space for intimate and empathetic chat around trauma, big T or little t. We have regular sections to this podcast, so look out for them. And each episode, I'll be joined by a guest who will share their unique perspective. So sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome everyone to Light Conversations on Trauma podcast. Thank you for joining us. And I'm here today with Carmen Badan. Hi, Carmen. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. Welcome. And it's really lovely to have you here. Um, I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation today. I'm really looking forward to it. Same here. I wanted to ask you, Carmen, what's your vibe? I want to say that after many, many years of searching, I discover that the only vibe that keeps me going, the only vibe that I find to be in line with everything I've discovered and where I want to go is love. So at every moment of my life, in every circumstance, whether it's something good or something that I may label as bad in that moment, um, or I might think of it as bad, my answer is always love. So I wake up with love and I go to bed with love and I constantly give and surround everybody with love. So that's the answer, love. <laughs> wow, that's really beautiful. Thank you. And it's profound, really. It's a profound way to, to frame life and to live life. I'm curious, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned the things that you, you, um, sometimes we judge things as bad. Um, I'm just curious, like what your opinion would be on that and like how you managed to bring love into those situations. One of the things that I've learned and I'm kind of contradicting myself in a way because I do at times label things good and bad. But what I did learn in life is that there's no such thing as good and bad. There is no such thing as right or wrong. There is only what is. So um, being in love with what is in that moment, in that very moment, regardless of what's happening around us, is truly an awakening. Because in that moment, what we realize is that we are in control of every situation. Because if we label things, whether they are good or bad, that means we allow them to impact our life. We allow them to change who we are or change how we react to things. Mm -hmm. And our, 
our mission should not be to react to things, but to respond to things. So when I call something bad, that means automatically my subconscious programming would say, well, if it's bad, we have to react to, to that in a certain way. We have to protect ourselves. We have to go into this survival mode. If we label something good, it affects us in a different way, you know, in a way that we go, oh, this is what I want more of, but it also makes us be dependent on that. So when that doesn't happen, all of a sudden we're feeling like, oh, I'm not feeling all that great because Mm -hmm. that is not happening. By the same token, if we completely ignore the the labels, good or bad, Mm -hmm. we just enjoy every single moment the way it is from our own perspective when we allow others to live their moments the way they interpret it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think that's in a way sort of liberating when you realize that there is no really good or bad. It's just what is. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you. Yeah, I I really love what you say about um, that kind of grasping, the grasping that comes from labeling something good or bad in either way i think there's a there's a bias towards the bad stuff and getting rid of it but also like you mentioned the good stuff makes us kind of desperate to to keep that dependent on it sort of right yeah yeah i just listened to um a ted talk today um about conversation and it was talking about um having a conversation with the intent to understand rather than the intent to respond so I think I'm really into this idea of seeing reality as it is rather than um, judging it as something. Well, one of the books that I recently read, um, Loving What Is by Byron Katie, I think many people read it. And Byron Katie is just a a pillar in in self-development and Mm self-growth. And she is talking about exactly that, is when you interact with someone and if they say something or do something that you might not like what the first thing you have to do is to sort of judge that situation and say is it really bad Mm -hmm. but the question is who is it bad for and why am I affected by that what they did or what they said that is not my reality so Mm -hmm. the moment we learn to detach ourselves from the other person's reality and say it may be, it may sound bad, but to them, it's okay. To, they see, they're okay with it. They find it all right. So mm-hmm. before we start judging someone only because their opinion or their perspective is different than others, we have to look at ourselves and say, maybe I am you know, coming up in a way that they are not happy with, or they may not find to be up to their expectations. So what if I just accept everything that they say and do, do my own thing by the same token and not expect to be judged or criticized or have, or have others have expectations of me? And then I'm happy in my own environment. They're happy now in their own environment. And that's how we create happiness. <laughs> yes. I actually joined her. She's got an amazing initiative right now called At Home with Byron Katie. I don't know if oh, you've cool. joined her at all, but I have not. No. I joined I joined last night and it's it's really profound if anyone's oh, interested. She's so powerful, yes. She is. Yeah. yeah. And she says like everyone's a believer, right? And yeah. and just you know, that just that simple fact, everyone's a believer, okay. 
and then yeah. and then that that reframes it for sure that's yes, pretty cool that's right that's right wow all right well the first section that you picked is that's deep that's deep i have a feeling we've we've already sort of entered that area so um what does that mean to you well one of the things that i learned and of course through trial and error and through my own experiences it's sort of the hard way mm-hmm. is that it all starts from within mm-hmm. we can enter relationships we can enter you know transactions always expecting the other person to to perform in a certain way Mm-hmm. And when they don't, we are very quick to f- sort of judge or criticize or, or find fault in what happens. Mm-hmm. And instead of doing that, what I learned is that I stopped and I started looking within and I said, how am I facilitating? How am I contributing to that situation, to that event, to that manifestation? What part am I playing into allowing that to happen? So Mm -hmm. how am I um, encouraging something like that to happen? So in fact, what I'm doing is I am putting the I'm going to use a word that I don't necessarily care for right this very moment, but I'm I'm putting the blame on me. I'm putting the responsibility on me. Mm. So instead of wondering what can the other person, what can the other situation do differently to make it work, how can I make it work? So what I learned is that there's nothing we can control in others. There's absolutely no way we can control anybody else in our lives but Mm -hmm. ourselves. And when we start doing that, we start going deep within to find out what is it that we can work on, Mm -hmm. whether it's lack of empathy, whether it's lack of openness, whether it's our guilt, our our shame, uh, all of these traits, all of these traits that we've cultivated over our uh, entire lifetime, they do surface, but we somehow don't see them because we're quickly judging the other person. When we stop judging the other person and start looking within, we start repairing. It's kind of like a chain, a link chain. And every now and then there's a broken link. So what we do is we go in and go, oh, here's what I just noticed about myself. Let me fix that link. And the only way, the best way, the best way I found that we can affect change within ourselves is to actually look at our interaction with others and see in them and mm-hmm. if something triggers us, something that we may not like, you know, and if we are going to say, oh man, that person talks too much. Mm-hmm. At the same second, that's, I mean, before the thought even escapes our subconscious <laughs> mind, we need to put a stop to it and say, whoops. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I talking too much? <laughs> yes, yes. You know, like For as sure. Neil Donald Walsh talks about in, in his book, Conversations with God. Amazing. One of the things he's talking about in his last book, and I absolutely adore Neil, um, he talks mm-hmm. about encountering people. Every single person we meet has something to teach us. Mm. And the one line, the one little line we need to give ourselves every time we meet someone, whether we like something about them or we dislike something about them, the words that have to come out of our our mouth would be, 
there I go again. (laughs) What we're doing is we're really looking in the mirror. And when we look in the mirror, we find who we are. And then we have choices. We have choices to fix the link or to stay who we are. But once you're on the path of growth, once you're on the path of self-discovery, there's no way back. So you will always, always want to do best, the best you can to, mm-hmm. to, to repair anything that has not, you know, served you so far. Yeah. 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 That's profound. Really. That's really. And then I always think of, you know, the sayings and I'm quite into the Buddhist aspect of this right now. I've been listening to Thich Nhat Han a lot and Jack Cornfield and, um, Tara Brack and lots of those sort of figures. And they always say that, you know, whenever there's suffering, like, for example, if, if someone was to say, oh, I suffer with my father, for example, um, they would say, you know, your father is a reflection of, of something within you. And of course. you have 24 hours in the day to meditate, reflect, contemplate on who you are, what that energy is within you and change that if you're not happy with it. And then I think a lot of the frustration in life comes from um, wanting to change something, but, but giving the power to someone else and saying, I can only change this if, if they change it. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. We always, we always blame on others if something doesn't work, whether it's our relationship like a personal relationship, love relationship, even our relationship with our parents. Mm-hmm. There, is a, there is a very, very interesting sort of trend in a way. And, and it's not just started. I mean, uh, there's so many philosophers and psychiatrists and psychologists who talked about it and wrote books about it. But mm-hmm. we're very quick to say the reason why I am the way I am is because of my upbringing okay, great, of my subconscious programming. I'm a total, total believer of that. But we have a choice. We can say, hey, this is who I am. This is how I've been programmed to be. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay that way. And and, and clearly the the results, the manifestations of my life reflect all that. So so then you become a victim. So you continue this victim mentality throughout your life. And or you will say, hey, this is who I have been created. This is who I have become right now, this very moment. So you will awaken one day and say, this is who I have become. Am I happy with this entity or not? Is this entity taking me to the next level or not? Am I able to become the best version of myself if I continue to stay that way or not? So if the answer is no, then what you do, you go in and start fixing things. And the way you start fixing things is by not blaming that which produced you who you are today. Yeah. What you, you embrace them with love. You really yeah. surround them with love. And you find that you know a lot of people including myself. I was blaming my mother for certain things that, that they were programmed into me. And then I realized one day, and, and I was even saying to myself, oh my God, I don't want to be like my mother. Yeah. And then one yeah. day, after having a very, very deep conversation with her, in which I sort of reproached her that she didn't teach me certain things, mm-hmm. and I went into detail to tell her what I, she should have taught me. And her very honest answer was, Carmen, I didn't know either. 
Right. In that moment, I felt so much love and so much compassion for my mother. And I realized one thing, it's not her fault. No. It's that not. It's not yeah. her baggage. She's bringing it with her from her ancestors. Yeah. So my job yes. as a human being is to take that baggage and shred it to smithereens and throw it over the ocean. And that will actually not just release me, not just free me from, from all this conditioning, but mm-hmm. it will help her too. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. we need to stop judging. We need to stop criticizing and start loving and start accepting. Really, the word is accept everyone exactly the way they are. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So like, and and I, the word conditioning pops out to me and the ancestry thing is beautiful. In, especially, you know, in context of what they, they went through and what their parents went through. And I think a lot of people, a lot of culture can sort of play down how much um, collective trauma we've been through in the last, you know, and it's inevitable. Um, with the world wars that we had in the 20th century, you know, it's inevitable. That's right. So you yeah. can point your finger at your parents and go, well, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. But let's let's have a think about the collective trauma, which is actually, you know, um, stuck energy in, in the body. So that's right. in many cases, they couldn't, they literally couldn't go there. Maybe, maybe the sense is that they carried that in order for us to heal. Yes. It, they, yes. Carried, they carried it for survival and now we're here we we have the space to deal with it yes that's right absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. that's really deep <laughs> that's really cool so do you have any um practices that you use um in in that process like what's your your inner journey what does it look like one of the things that I do on a daily basis, I meditate. Mm-hmm. So I practice transcendental meditation 20, I should practice it twice a day, but I guess, you know, mm-hmm. I do the best I can. So I only do it once a day. I uh, have a gratitude practice. So every day I write 10 things I'm grateful for that day. It could be anything from a pen that I'm holding in my hand to a I cup see. of coffee, to a hot shower, to really a beautiful encounter with a friend. I mean, anything, just anything I grasp on. So that's something that really helps me because it brings my energy uh, into at, to a, at a different level. And then something else that I learned, um, well, what, one other thing that interesting that I do is lately, in the past, I would say year and a half, I started doing the opposite of what I used to do. So I started going the other direction. So if I was afraid of heights, for example, you know, I went (laughs) in, in which I was, uh, I went and climbed up a telephone pole and threw myself from there. Of course, I was tied with a, with a rope, but still it was frightening. Wow. And then the next step was I flew out of an airplane, you know, I skydived and (laughs) I found it to be the most, just the most amazing experience of my life because it was so freeing, you know, so Mm. much, so much freedom, so much joy that you feel when you do that, that it gives you that, that, um, that, that 
trusts that belief that you can do anything if you are able if you are able to overcome one of them your biggest fears then you can do anything so i do that mm. so i and i also you know like you go to a restaurant and you always order the same food because you like it but yeah. what i learned to do is to always order something different just because it will shift sort of it will shift my programming so it will Mm-hmm. take me away from being the the OCD clean freak or tide freak or whatever it will make me feel like it's okay it's okay to get out of bed and not make your bed every day yeah. it's fine it's liberating you know yes, so yeah. without being a slob necessarily but still it's like it makes you feel good that you don't have to really follow protocol mm-hmm. and then i have another practice and this is a very very powerful practice that I learned it from Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And what he does is he actually programs his subconscious mind. So of course you can, we can program ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we've, we are being programmed every day, whether we watch TV or we go to a seminar or we read a book or we talk to people, there's Mm -hmm. always some programming going on. Right. And we we build a, a basis of a belief system. So because we know it's possible, why can't we just extrapolate that and feed our brain what we want it to believe, mm-hmm. whether we believe it in this moment or not? But if we constantly feed it, if we constantly feed it, it will start believing it. So yeah. this little technique that I learned is commanding your subconscious mind. So let's say you have a specific um, dream, specific you know, let's say I want to publish my course by the end of October. So what I would do is I would go into an incantation type protocol where it's not just an affirmation where you sit down, you walk it or you run it or you dance it or whatever, something that really would activate your body. So we'll bring in, so your motion also comes into play. So Mm -hmm. what you do is you say it, as loud as you can, you don't have to yell it, but as loud as you can to hear yourself saying it, I command my subconscious mind to mm. align all the stars needed so I can publish my course by the end of October. That's so amazing. what you do, you and you do that repeatedly until you truly feel it vibrate through your entire body, through your entire mm. system. It really kind of becomes tattooed into your DNA when mm. you start believing it. And yeah. it works. There's, I've, I've, I've tried it with several things in my life, and it works. And Amazing. That's, that's very powerful. To understand it, as Carl Jung said, until we bring the subconscious into conscious, it will uh-huh. run our life, and we will call it fate. Uh-huh. Sure. Wow. So, that's incredible. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I, think it, I, think, I also think of how, how energetic that is, too. You know, like we, like a lot of our conditioning happens before we are actually um, have language function. You know, language is developed somatically, right? So, yeah. So it's really powerful. I think I think it's really powerful to like again just set that intention, set the intention to to be proactive with with these things, and it's it seems to make sense, right? Yes, that's right. Being in control of your own mind. Yeah, Yeah. being in control of how the human system works you know there's a reality to that too um it works in a certain way and it and you can you definitely can respond in that you can have a response with that as well 
That's right. Really yeah. cool. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next section. You've picked um, what's my inner voice saying? Oh, that's a full body, yes. Oh, that reminds me of something. I like that. What'd you do that for? Oh, they're going to hate me. Be loving. What are they going to think? Oh, I feel so... Mm, that's tasty. Be kind. I like the smell of that. Don't be so cold. Use that language here. Why did you do that? I am love. Hey, what's your inner voice saying? So, what's your experience of that, Carmen? Uh, I believe Einstein said it. Um, that's a good start. <laughs> that's a great start. <laughs> <laughs> You, the best, the most important decision you can make in your life is to decide whether the universe is friendly or not. So when you, whatever it is that you decide to do in life or looking back into your past or right now in the present, in that very moment, you have a decision to say, well, this is going against me, or that person wronged me, or I don't know if I can make that happen. Or you can say, you know what? I can do anything I want because I know that the universe has my back. Mm -hmm. I know that no matter what I do, if I am aligned with my core beliefs, with my truth, with my values, I will get there. And mm -hmm. one of the things that most people struggle with and I did too, because I'm an engineer. I'm more of a pragmatic mind, right? But I had to shift that. I had to kind of embrace more of a spirituality, more of a, let's say, softer side of me. This, mm. you know, I still have like two sides talking to each other every now and then. But when you yeah. finally realize that, no, you know, you, sometimes you don't believe that it may happen. You mm. don't believe that you're going to get there. As long as you believe that the universe has your back, you're going to get there without worrying how you're going to get there. And this uh, is what people get stuck on. Yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. Want to have a dream, want to have a goal, want to achieve these amazing things in life. They want to. When you talk mm. to them, they want to. Mm -hmm. But they are blocked by, they are blocked by. Yeah, but how am I going to get there? How, how can that even be possible? How, how can I possibly have a house on the beach? You know, I don't know, mm. whatever it is their dream. Because they think of how. Yeah, exactly. All you have to do is just think of what and why. Why yeah. do you want it and what do you want? When you start thinking of the how, you muddy the waters. You really yeah. muddy the waters. And what you do is you're sending vibrations into the universe. You're sending a, a vibration of confusion. It's almost like you want to listen to this particular radio um, channel, but mm -hmm. you get to it and you keep on wiggling and you keep on wiggling. Well, you're never going to be able to listen to it unless you stop, stand still, and like, continue to listen. So mm. that's, I think that's one of the ways in which I, I feel that, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we can, we can, uh, as long as we can rid ourselves of doubt, mm. embrace yeah. trust. And more importantly, once you start working on yourself, once you start seeing small successes because you have to start small and celebrate those successes but once you start seeing those things happen there are three there are three things that you can you can 
you know, have, have going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. Believe, trust, and knowing. So you start with believing. You know what? I'm going to believe this. And that's still kind of a weak place to be in because believe can always allow doubt to sneak in. Right. Trust is great. That means you trust someone, but somehow, hey, things can happen. Trust can be broken. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you still have a little window of opportunity for doubt to sneak in. Mm -hmm. The most powerful scenario you can engage in in your life is to engage in knowing. When When you know that the universe is friendly, when you know that whatever you set your mind to will happen, Nothing can stop you anymore. So it's the knowing that gives you the most power. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, I I completely agree as well. And I think what pops out at me is the the propensity for like sensory information that we all have. You know, like we we I think we love to I think we love to analyze our, our current environment. And and sensory information is really strong in in our in our the way that we work. Um, right. But like you said, if you have a what and a why, you'll be absolutely astounded as to what yeah. actually yeah. can happen. And then when it does happen, your sense is like, "Wow, this is incredible! <laughs> I never yes. thought this would be possible." And and it's. It's just proof, really, that... It's proof, and that's the moment you have to celebrate. Yeah. That is, it's as if you're creating a to-do list and you're crossing it off, that satisfaction of being able to cross something off your mm. list. You have to celebrate every little win. Like, you know, with, okay. with, with my clients sometimes, we sit down and go, okay, make me a list of your wins, and then we meet next week, and there's three things on there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You cannot just have three wins. You know, yeah. how about this? Did you wake up this morning? Yes. Were you smiling <laughs> when? Yeah. Well, that's a win. You know, Great. I mean, you have to celebrate every minuscule thing of you in your life because that's how you build your muscle of gratitude and your muscle of allowing all these wins to come in. So wow. it's, it's very, very important that we, we start interpreting everything that happens to us as a win. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm certainly not very good at that, actually. Um, so that's great advice. Yes. Yeah. I think it's true. Like it builds so that so that dissipates the like friction that you can feel on on the growth path. Right. I suppose. Be- because we constantly look at ourselves today and say, "Oh man, I want this to happen in my life." Mm. I don't know how I'm going to get there. It's going to be just such a long journey. It's Mm -hmm. going to be difficult. I'm going to have to do so many things. Mm -hmm. And all we need to do is to look at ourselves today. And in fact, there's a cute little line, I think. The only reason why you ever look back in life is to see how far you have gone. So look back. This is the moment when you feel doubt and anxiety over your goals and over your future. Mm. Look back. That's the moment to look back and say, Look what I've done. I've done this. I've done this. I've I've been able to do this. All these things. And this is when you start celebrating all these little moments. Mm, Yeah. That's beautiful. Actually, something just clicked in for me there. All right. Yeah, that. I think that on the growth path for me, it's like whenever I think of something that I want in my life and I'm really focused on that, actually, if I turn around 
and look into my past, I can already find um, situations where it's already, actually, it's already in my life. Yeah, you manifested it already. It's already there. Like, for example, like I want to be, I'm training as a transformational coach right now because I want to help people. Yeah. Um, But I've already created a podcast and I'm already writing. Right, you're Ask. so far ahead from you know yeah. where you were a year ago. Two yeah, years exactly, ago. exactly. Yeah. So, and that reminds yeah. me of what the Chinese say about the past and the future. Actually, they have it the other way around: is that the past is in front of you to be embraced, and the future is behind you, so you can look behind you and be like, "Okay, don't go too fast because the future won't catch up with me." And also, I can look behind me and realize that the future is actually already here. Right. Exactly. Yes. And by the same token, there is a lot of people who struggle with comparison Uh because that's another killer of joy. You know, you, you find yourself in a, in a place right now and everybody is on their own path, on their own journey. There are no, no two paths that are the same. It's like a path that you cross through a forest There cannot be two paths the same. So everybody has to embrace their own. But Mm -hmm. when we stop on our path and look at the other guy's path and go, oh, man, they're so much further than me, that's when sometimes people feel like, I'll never make it there. I'll never get there. I cannot possibly be there. What we don't understand is, number one, we don't know what they've gone through. Mm -hmm. We don't understand their struggle, their pain, their suffering. Mm -hmm. We compare ourselves at our worst time, because usually we do that when we are at our lowest point. We compare ourselves at our lowest time with them at their top. So they are at the best. We see the best in them without knowing what's happening behind the curtain. And we compare, we know everything about us. We know how bad it is. (laughs) We take this whole bundle of bad stuff and say, man, I can never do that. It's so unfair to do that to ourselves. You know, it's a thief of joy. It's really a thief of joy. And it's so incompatible, isn't it? It's so incongruent. It's the the markers aren't even the same. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think, yeah, it's so linear to think that way. It's like, oh, okay, this life is straight and narrow and it's, I like, I like the fractal. I like the fractal nature of, of life really. Um, everything yeah. is is a fractal pattern it's not it's not like yes. you can't look at someone and be like okay that's who they are because like let's just take the example of social media like everyone projects their best and maybe yes. sl- and maybe slightly untrue <laughs> image <laughs> yes uh, to a greater or lesser extent people just put out the, the image that they want to be seen as so yes. yeah it might not even be true Yes, I really love the analogy of a fractal path because I've, you know, sometimes when I talk to people, we talk about goals and we talk about what their destination is, what they, and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people think that, well, if I'm here now and I want to get there, that means that's how I'm going to get there. And really is nowhere near that. And if you have a goal that comes and you may not achieve it, what you have to remember is if this goal is on your straight path and suddenly you end up here, that's mm. the fractal path, part of yeah. the path. That's, yeah. It constantly moves and it com- constantly morphs. As long yeah. as you keep your focus on the end goal, 
the means goals, the way you get there, mm. it doesn't matter. Those will change all the time. They're, they're sort of irrelevant in a way. Yeah. You, and you just have to go with it. And to take a little analogy from Alice in Wonderland, it's like, just go down the rabbit hole. Don't be yeah. afraid. And if you find out that at the bottom of the rabbit hole, another rabbit hole will open, go for it. Because the sooner you get to the bottom and the sooner you reach rock bottom, the sooner you're going to come up. Because you can, you have nowhere else to go. So from there, you can only come up and rise. That's amazing. And it reminds me of the um, focusing on the how thing. Um, It reminds me of that too, because... If you say, say you had a goal and you're like, okay, these are the steps I need to take, take there. And then suddenly something comes up like a, like maybe it's a trauma from your past. Yeah. What's this doing here? Like, that's not on my path to this thing. But actually the keys to getting to the goal are within the unlocking of the energy of that thing. Right. That's right. Because the universe works in miraculous ways. So if it knows what you want, it may, it may throw you a curveball knowing that you need to go through this fractal area so you can learn certain things because what you learn here will help you get there. Yeah. Every sideway turn we take is really a journey towards the final goal. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. And I think I think we're we're good culturally at looking backwards like hindsight and saying, oh, like all of those things like clicked into place and that was really cool. That's um, right. It's that's just right. Yeah. Bringing that into the present moment and being like yeah. having the faith that at some point in in my future I will, I will have that moment where everything just work like it seemed to yes be you know aligned what, you know what works very well on the line of what you just said uh journaling ah yeah I, I love it yes yeah. i've been journaling for many many years and at mm-hmm. times and not like in the sense of writing for a book just sometimes mm. even just quick thoughts or bullet yeah. points of ideas or, or, or goals or dreams or whatever. Right. Yeah. And what every now and then when I go through those notebooks, where I wrote things, I say to myself, Oh my God, I actually did that. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. In having these thoughts since 2007. Or it's right <laughs> so it's so powerful because it really gives you it. Again, it helps with building this, this knowing, this confidence that you are on the right path, you yeah. know? So, yeah, 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 you're doing the right thing. Yeah. It that. Yeah, it builds that yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I also do that journaling. I use the, oh, I started out with the artist way kind of type of journaling. <laughs> I and love that. Yeah, yes. it's beautiful, isn't it? Just whatever comes to mind. And yeah. I think really, I wrote this in an article that I, I write articles on Medium now and um, I wrote this one down and it's like, I think there's a common misconception that if you write a thought down, then it becomes you. <laughs> it's like it becomes part of your character. That's but right. actually well, the, the opposite is kind of true. Once you get it out of yourself, you can then create this, right. you create the space to choose. Right. Well, one of the coaches I was working with um, said something very, very interesting to me. When you write down your thoughts, Mm-hmm. What you really are doing, and it goes in line with, um, you know, the the quote that I that I had mentioned before about the subconscious bringing to the conscious, the mm-hmm. Carl Jung quote. 
when you write things down, you're actually bringing the subconscious into the conscious. Yeah. Yes. So in, in times, it's very good to write things down, not just what pleases you, but what doesn't please you. Yeah. Because that's when you actually pull the curtains, really, for lack of a better word, you pull the curtains on your subconscious mind. Yeah. And then once the subconscious mind is revealed, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz. Once yeah. you pull the curtain... Mm-hmm. It has no power anymore. Mm. You no, know? it's, it's really yeah. all you. Yeah, yeah, and some of it just seems ridiculous, honestly. Because, right. because you know, some of the conditions that you grow up in are just, um, you know, they some things are just random, like that you experience in childhood, and you could you could just keep that your whole life and keep acting it within it. And but if you actually journal it out and and think, oh that's still in there. Like yes. I didn't know, like, and, and so, yeah, I think it's so beautiful to bring that subconscious into the conscious. And then you become the person that is observing your yes. thoughts and how they are interacting with your life. And then, like you said, you choose to respond from that, that space. Yes. That that's freedom, isn't it? That's is. what freedom is. Yeah, yeah. Because you are in control. That's, that's, yeah. and we are in control. Mm. We just have to, decide to take it back yeah take our control back yes yes that's so beautiful thank you (laughs) great stuff all right next next one you picked was riding the waves of change Riding the waves of change. This is the one I enjoy, this one. So what does that mean to you? Change is probably something that a lot of people, I don't want to say most, but a lot of people fear. Because mm. we, we are born into you know, our families. And of course we have our conditioning going on and we learn certain things. And one of the things that we learn is to, and, and our brain does it for us beautifully is to protect us, to keep us safe. Right. So, so we're really in a sense without realizing we are in survival mode. So what we start doing is we start attracting things, people, situations in our life that are based on this survival mentality. So when we attract these things in our lives, we sometimes wonder, how did I attract this, right? Mm-hmm. And you go, well, without realizing you attract it because that is your comfort zone. That is the place where you feel sort of like home right? That's where you feel like I've been there. I know that I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm not happy there, but I'm okay with it. I'm safe there. So you feel safe there. The trick is to realize that when you start shifting and when you start changing your perspective on things and you start changing the way you accept things in our in your life and the way you treat people, mm-hmm. that's when you start realizing that you start attracting all different things, whether it's people or you manifest wonderful things in life. Mm-hmm. So change is so powerful because it sort of cleanses the backdrop of your of your mind. Mm. So 
one of the things that I experienced in my life, I used to work on cruise ships many, many years ago when I left Romania. And like everybody else, I was afraid of change. And the universe gifted me with a contract. I was working in the gift shop at the time. Uh, it was the only way for me to leave Romania to go and work on cruise ships. Yeah. It was, yeah, America was a dream from the seven year, from seven years old. So, wow. so when I was in this particular contract, was I had a five months contract, and I, and within five months contract, I had seven managers. So the company who owned the gift shop was uh, changing hands, and I think it changed hands a couple of times during this time. And every now and then we just get a new manager. Like when the first time it happened, we we're like, okay, we got a new manager. No big deal. Let's change this. Let's change that. So we, they were making us change stores, like the merchandise. It was just, okay, okay, no big deal. First time, fine. The second time, oh, this is tiring. The third time I was like panicking. So you, oh. I was going through all these phases of, oh my God, if there's this, this is, I'm going crazy. I'm, I don't think I can make it through my entire contract. Mm-hmm. And I would say by the fourth manager, I said to myself, okay, I have a choice. I can give up and go home mm-hmm. or I can embrace change. I can be the one that everybody's going to hate in the, mm-hmm. in the gift shop that says, okay, what do you want us to do today? What yeah. shops are we sw- switching around? How do we change technology? How do we change? So when I mm-hmm. did that, and luckily I had the opportunity, it was such a beautiful exam in life, it, you know, so, sort of um, classes that ended with a, a, a positive result, mm-hmm. where after the fourth manager and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh, I was like in a routine mm-hmm. where I was a little bit like, hey, right on, I love this change thing. I mean, <laughs> I cannot tell, I hated it in that moment, but what actually happened is it made me a better person because mm-hmm. that's when I realized that change is great. Change helps us, you know, really develop more cell, brain cells in the end, yeah. be more broad, be more open, be more loving, be more accepting and allowing yeah. more things to happen to us without judging, you know, and without criticizing. You know, because you can sit there miserable and be a victim or you can just embrace it and make it all happen. So, yeah, yeah, change is wonderful in life. Yes. That's great. What I'm hearing in that story is that you you got the perfect microcosm environment to test that out. Yeah, it was like a gift. Because if I only had three managers by the third one, I'd be like, oh, thank God this is over. (laughs) Yeah. me learn so many things yeah and and it just was a beautiful beautiful gift in my journey yeah wow that's incredible yeah and also just the way that i feel is like change changes all around us right it's like it's part of of life and so and so and just even even the sense that the the comfort zone isn't actually that serving Yes. Yeah, because oh, yeah. life changes around us. And if we're kind of deluding ourselves in the comfort zone, suddenly there'll be a really fractious occasion. And that's yes. what we call midlife crises or right. you know, nervous breakdowns or whatever. Well, those are gifts, actually. Though, yeah. uh, a midlife crisis, uh, a nervous breakdown, a spiritual awakening, yeah. uh, um, you know, identity crisis. I've had yeah. one last year. And okay. it was painful. It was really, yeah. really painful because I woke up one morning wondering who I was. So literally, sure. I woke up, I opened my eyes and the thought that came out of my head was, who am I? Yeah. 
Wow. And in that moment, I, I wasn't all that concerned when the question popped up, when I started to answer the question or try to answer the question. And I was like, okay. What I realized was mm. I have been more someone that someone else wanted me to be. Mm. Someone I wanted me to be. Mm. And it was a painful realization because I like to say, as I was digging through the rubble of my life, I couldn't pinpoint mm -hmm. too many things. There was really me, my authentic self, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and I really was in a, in a very low spot, really. I think that's when I yeah. reached my rock bottom. Okay. And um, in that moment, I, I kind of float, you know, floated through life for a couple of months mm -hmm. until one day, I remembered a quote from a Tom Bilio speech and that really saved me, broke, like really gave me a major breakthrough. And wow. the quote said, it doesn't matter who you are today. It matters who you want to become mm -hmm. and what price you're willing to pay to get there. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, powerful bingo it doesn't yeah. matter i don't want to think about the, me in the past anymore i'm done with me in the past yeah i'm going to use what i learned but i'm going to recreate myself i'm going to put yeah. together the pieces in a way that i want them and so yeah. that was liberating you know because yeah. it really doesn't matter who we are you no. know and that's where a lot of people get stuck on yeah. so yeah yeah and that speaks to me of the why as well and the motivation like you could take that back to your gift store um story like you wanted to get to america so if you didn't have that kind of goal you might have just given up and be like hey this is That's too right. hard i'm going back home <laughs> exactly so that was my end goal my end goal was to be in america yeah i was i was a fashion designer back home a successful one i had a oh, amazing oh yeah i had a uh, great show. So, and I just shut it all down and went. And my original job on ships was to be a bar waitress. I've Whoa. never worked as a bar waitress. I was working 14 hours days. It was yeah. a miserable life. It's hard, and isn't it? Exactly. Very hard. Yeah. Very, very hard. And then I kept on moving up from there because I constantly knew that I needed to get to where my goal. Yeah. So these were the fractal parts where yeah, constantly sure. I was shifting. Constantly I was, my means goals were constantly shifting, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's really inspiring. It's yeah. an inspiring thing that you did, like yeah. leaving yeah. that fashion designer life. Yeah. And, and going and, right. and sweating it yeah. Sweating it out. Sweating and, it. Truly sweating it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. I but I never hated it. Like never no. okay. second. Because I knew that this is my ticket. If yeah. I stick with it, if I stay with it, I will get my dream. Yeah. And so nothing was getting in between me and that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that reminds me of where I first started mixing gigs. Um, because I spent 10 years as a live sound engineer mixing concerts. And when I first started, I I worked at this tiny little venue and um, I'd mix the, I'd set the gig up in the afternoon, mix the gig, and then I'd jump on the bar and work on the bar till 6am. Oh, wow. I'd, I'd go back yes. home, sometimes get a couple of hours sleep and then kind of get back up and, and go yes. again. So I can really, but, but working behind the bar, there's so, there's so many, like, I think I learned more about life than oh, yeah. oh, any yeah. other time really. 
Yes, yeah. that connection, that connection with people. I think yeah. actually behind the bar, I worked behind the bar too. Yeah. And I can tell you, there was no job that I loved more, you know, from that part of my life, just because people would come in and sit in front of you and start right. talking about themselves. And it wasn't for yeah. me to tell them what to do and how to do it. It mm. was for me to listen. Just yeah. That's all they wanted. Yeah. And it, it makes you... It, it, it helps you grow yourself, mm-hmm. but also it gives them this, this comfort that you have compassion and you have empathy yeah. and because you're simply listening to them and you allow them to just unload. Mm-hmm. It, it is a great job. I used to say that, hey, am I a psychiatrist here? Or, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think just get to another <laughs> podcast because I'm not a psychiatrist. <laughs> I could just be a friend. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Malcolm Gladwell talks about alcohol, how it affects us and like how it shuts down kind of the um, prefrontal cortex and stuff, you know, like it, it makes us more emotional, but it also makes us myopic, which is like um, we can't see outside of our current environment. So it does actually zone us into a present moment reality. Yes. It's actually, it's actually quite spiritual. <laughs> it's actually a quite a spiritual experience in a way. Well, yeah, that, that, and also psychedelics. And one of the things that I learned from, you know, some of my experiences Mm -hmm. is that the goal is to really mute down your ego. You don't want to shut Mm -hmm. it down. You don't want to kill it. You don't want to eliminate it, but just mute it down and allow your soul, you allow your spirit to start talking. Yeah. And ideally, ideally is to let that spirit talk enough that we finally make sense of what we're here for, why are we here? And then you get the two of them, the spirit and the soul and the ego, the spirit Mm -hmm. and the ego to start sort of make friends and work together. And then you just separate the picture and you just live your life. Yeah, just have fun. (laughs) You just have some fun. Enjoy and follow follow your bliss, you know. Yeah, Yeah. I love that phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah, I did want to return to that. the experience that you said, like you woke up one morning and, and asked yourself, who am I? Yeah. And I, I had a similar experience. And I think, I think the most like fearful, like I've ever experienced um, around change is like, how will the people in my life feel about this? You know, yes. how will they react? Uh, yes. That's will they, powerful. Right. And powerful. that's such a yes. motivating factor for us. Um, yes. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, the only way that I've found to to deal with that is just take the next step forward, make sure you communicate. But also it is kind of about having bold and brave conversations with people. Yes. And just be yeah. like, listen, I'm changing. Yes. Like, just well, be honest. Or like, right. And say like the story that I'm telling myself is. It is and you can take it or leave it. Right. It's up to you. I can't control that. One right. of the things that actually helped me a lot Mm-hmm. is during that time was I I literally woke up asking myself this question who would I be if there was no one to judge me mm-hmm. no one to criticize me and no one to have any expectations of me who would I be because I was trying to recreate myself and when you try to recreate yourself you know one thing for sure. You don't know who you don't want to be. You yeah, know? for sure. But you don't always know 
who you want like how is it how do you i mean i know my values i know my my you know truth i know my my path in life but mm-hmm. i still want to know more i want to, so then what i realized is the moment i stop thinking mm-hmm. what others are thinking about me i yeah. am free because yeah. that's what we do in life most of the time and we do it with our parents we do it with our spouses with our boyfriend girlfriend whatever we do it with relatives with colleagues we constantly wonder if i do this what will they think of me yeah because we're, we true. we fear being booted out of the tribe so mm. we want to acquiesce to their needs their wants their yeah. beliefs but the moment we stop worrying about that we're free yeah and that's it and actually it does speak to the fractal thing again because you know like in my experience pe- like people don't come with you right yeah. and that's really common it's like i want you to come with me you know come with me on this journey yeah. but it's not the case like they they and they might be here in your life to provide a certain um role or support yes. support around a certain thing and and as you change other people come into your life that's right that, you that, change your tribe yeah you change your tribe yeah right because yeah like you're a great example yeah. <laughs> in my life like um yeah just people that feel the same way and have the same kind of mission and the same, same drive um, to just be out there in a certain way in the world. Yes, that's right. That's powerful. Great stuff. All right. Well, the last prompt here is free 15. And I always say it's like a blank canvas. Um, You can throw any paint on it. You like (laughs) Jackson Pollock, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I absolutely love him. <laughs> yes, me too. Uh, what are the things I wanted to share? Just some, just some little, let's say, tricks, life tricks, right? Yeah. Life hacks. Great. Life hacks, let's call them. I have um, one of them is hacking gratitude, mm. right? You know, I'm a, I'm a student of gratitude, right? Yeah. Um, gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. That's what Joe Dispenza says. And I think it's mm. so powerful because that state, that vibration that we give out when we are in gratitude is the vibration that attracts whatever we want towards us. But we can hack it. Uh, I see. And here's how we can hack it. Every day when we write our gratitude list, we don't just say, I am grateful for the things that already are happening in our life. We mm-hmm. add one more and we say, I am grateful for my course being published by the end of October. No, it hasn't happened yet. Mm. But I already manifested by thanking the universe mm-hmm. as if it has already happened. So mm. what we want to do is to to, the way we manifest the things we want in life is we are grateful for them in advance. Like people pray to God, God, can you give me this or can you give me that? Laundry mm. list of things that we want from God, right? Or from the universe, whoever, you know, whoever's great spirit or whoever, right? Mm. Instead of asking for it, what we need to do is to thank for it. Mm-hmm. Thank for it as if it already happened, right? right. So feel that feeling as if it already happened. That's one of my, my uh, tricks as far as gratitude. I have another trick regarding gratitude. And this is the um, gratitude, ramping gratitude, right? So mm-hmm. let's say you find yourself in a moment of anxiety. 
things that, because we all go through these moments, right? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, you go through a situation in life or a relationship or something that makes you really takes you down, right? And you don't know what to do in that moment, how to fix it, because you don't want to be there. And if you miss that momentum, if you missed that moment when you can actually overcome it before you go into it, you are down in it, right? So Mm -hmm. when you're there, There is a ramping of gratitude that I do. So what I do in any moment, wherever I find myself, whether in my office or in my kitchen or in a restaurant or wherever, in my car, I quickly start grabbing little, anything that is around me. I'm grateful for this pen. I'm grateful for the mouse for the, for the computer. I'm grateful for my glasses. I'm grateful for my scissors. I'm grateful for my cup of coffee. I'm grateful for my little pad. I'm grateful. And when, and you do them quickly, 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 and you keep on adding them. And look, mm-hmm. right now I just got goosebumps because this vibrations of ramping wow. brings you to a higher level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's instant. It really, it, it literally can take three minutes, like mm-hmm. two minutes. Can take. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really a powerful tool we can use any day. Ramping mm-hmm. gratitude. That's amazing as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, have, go ahead. I mean, that speaks to me like of the energy scale, right? It's like, yeah. you know, some it's it's good to go down into the dense, dense feelings and, and emotions sometimes. But then if yeah, yeah, it's like you if you have awareness with, with that as well, it's like you can you can change that state and move from from yes. gratitude it's much it's much more effective yes yes you that's how we overcome fear because at moments we have mm-hmm. fears that invade our space mm-hmm. and we have no control over it at times at times most of the time we're able to do it especially when you you worked on yourself enough you don't let fear you know invade take space in your head right rent rent space in your head right (laughs) but sometimes it happens and if you miss that moment when you can turn it around that's how you bring yourself back up yeah okay that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah yeah it's such a such a life-changing practice gratitude isn't it yes it Um, is it definitely is and uh maybe not one that's culturally celebrated i suppose i don't Um, think it's celebrated enough but it does it does work and it it actually for me from my experience in life i i I see miracles happen with it like i Mm. especially when i hack as well you know Mm -hmm. i just I see things happening for me at a speed that I didn't expect it to happen. And I see that I let resistance and procrastination go a lot easier when I do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a powerful exercise. It's something that uh, almost like it has to be taught in school. If it was up to me that I would teach, I would teach meditation and gratitude in school. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the education system is um really based on a time that we're not living in really right yeah Yeah, i'd bring gratitude in as well meditation for sure i think i see some of those changes happening but um on a wide scale would be better (laughs) as far as consciousness level i am a very hopeful and i'm a strong believer Mm. that the world's consciousness level is at the highest level it has ever been I think there are more people who awaken every day and, yeah. and 
they don't have to be a guru on the stage, but they start seeing life a lot differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very important because that's how the collective consciousness mm -hmm. will embrace the world with, with a sort of like a veil of love and compassion and grace mm -hmm. that everybody's going to benefit from. So, and yeah. if we all stop you know, antagonizing each other and stop disliking or hating each other just because we have different beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, I do believe we can build a better world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, yeah, it's like the world is, I mean, maybe the States or Western culture, who knows? Like, I, I think we're all very polarized at the moment. I mean, Yes. And like you said, the, if we stop antagonizing each other and, and really start listening for the intent of understanding, like yeah. I, I was really struck by that, by that today. Yeah. And, um, I like what you're saying about, you know, how to get through fear because like, for example, with creating this podcast, there was huge, there was huge fear, um, for me about being seen and being heard. Like, can I, can I host this? Like, can I have these conversations? All of these things, you know? But if you just take those steps, take the actions, like you'll actually discover that there's more res resource in you than you ever thought possible, right? That's right. It's all within you. Yeah. Yes. And and it, and if something's calling you, like this was calling me, and and the first few conversations I had, I was like, wow, how much do I know about this? Oh, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it got exciting in that way. And, and yeah. And I, yeah, so, and that's that right. and that's your and what you did there. You followed your bliss. Yeah, you really exactly. are following the hero's journey. Yes, I am. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. So I, I read that's, that's you are returning home right now by doing that because yeah. once we are on the path, you know, um, uh, Stephen Hawkins says mm. uh, that once you're on the path, there's no going back. Mm -hmm. So once you're on this path of the hero. You learn so much. You can't keep it for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not, yeah. you don't have that kind of a right. Mm -hmm. Once you start learning, once you start embracing philosophies that help you, mm -hmm. your job, your mission in life becomes to share it mm -hmm. so you can inspire others to awaken, to start take, walking on their path, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, there's really a mission and there's, you know, whether it's a light worker or a light warrior, uh, yeah. at the end of the day, it is your mission. It is a job that we all have to embrace and love. Yeah. And for you, embracing this was definitely, like I can see it right on your face the moment you started talking about the, the podcast, even mm -hmm. though you're doing it now, but when you were mm -hmm. talking about how you decided to do it, it's like your face lit up, your aura just opened up suddenly. That is your bliss. So yeah. you followed your bliss and that's your mission. I mean, there's no two ways about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks for that reflection. Yeah. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I think as well, like about two or three years ago, and I suppose I've seen it like, in the concentric circles manner like you know coming back to me over and over again throughout my life like for the first off maybe when I was early 20s I was like maybe I should be like a maybe I should record something or like and then it sort of evolved as podcasting became a thing I was like maybe I should start a podcast and at that time I was like no like no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then about two years ago I had, I had we I actually recorded a, a demo 
with a friend of mine in Scotland when we were hiking in the mountains and we were we sat by a stream and just recorded his experience of Vipassana oh, wow. and it was a really profound like conversation and it just gave me the drive to so when I so this year when I was like certain I was like yeah this is what I'm this is my bliss this is what I want to go for I, I was able to draw on that experience as well and think okay well so these things are possible so how do I do it yes. yeah. yeah 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 it's amazing yeah is there anything else you'd like to talk about in this section so let me think one other thing I wanted to um to share something very interesting because I have dogs I love dogs yep and um I used to be afraid of dogs all my life because I almost got bitten when I was a child. So I had this really right. massive apprehension, you know? Right. Um, so then I ended up getting a pit bull. And so oh. while everybody was like, are you crazy? You know, it's going to destroy your house. It's going to turn on you, whatever. I said, Oh wow. Well, I didn't know that they were considered, you know, vicious or whatever. And they're not, they are completely harmless. You just have to train them and treat yeah. them. Not- and coach them and all that stuff so I said okay I'm going to prove everybody wrong so I took my dog through all kinds of training classes with mm-hmm. teachers and coaches I went on YouTube I got every book possible and all so I became mm-hmm. really the pit bull guru right so wow. one of the things that I know one of the things that I learned from my dogs is how to train them to not be reactive in public mm-hmm. Because you don't want your dog to pull and bark and yank the leash every time you go in public and there's another dog approaching, right? Right. Because that's pretty much the only thing that a dog would do, would react to another dog, right? Mm -hmm. So the way you do it is you take your dog on a walk and you, when another dog approaches, all you have to, and your dog start, goes crazy, right? All you Mm -hmm. do is you yank the leash and you go, whoops, yank the leash turn around and walk in the opposite direction, make a few steps, Mm -hmm. and then you go back and go back into the same direction. When your dog repeats the the, uh, reaction, right, you go again, whoops, yank the leash, turn around, walk walk in the other direction, and then repeat the exercise. And once you do this four, five, six times, Mm -hmm. your dog learns. So your dog learns that when the other dog appears, if I react, my, my owner is going to yank me. So I better be nice. And I, you know, so wow. what I did was because I, like many people, I had a plethora of limiting beliefs about mm. what I can and can't do in life. You know, I have an accent. English is not my first language. Mm. I'm afraid to drive in the United States. My writing wasn't perfect. I always made grammatical errors, you know, all that stuff, right? right. I couldn't read because I would space out when I would read in English, you know, because like I, mm. my brain somehow wasn't connecting. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I said to myself, how do I overcome all these limiting beliefs? And mm. I and it dawned on me, what if I use the technique that I use on my dogs and I use yeah. it on me? So when one of my limiting beliefs kicked in, I went, whoops, yanked the leash and took extreme action in the opposite direction. And mm. it worked. So, for example, I was afraid to read and I'm like, okay, how can I do this? I signed up for Audible, read intensely, but like start reading books through Audible, right? Uh, I'm afraid to write my postcards for business. 
because mm-hmm. I'm going to make grammatical errors. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm going to whoops, yank the leash and write a book. <sighs> and, you know, I don't care if I have grammatical errors in my book because a written book is better than no book at all. Yeah. You know? And I say, yeah. yeah. And also, like, I'm a big fan of like, if, if you want to do something and you're not good at a certain aspect, then you pay someone to do it you for you. You pay someone, exactly. Get an editor and... That, and that's right. Just write so, it all out and then send it off. Right. So yeah. what you want to do in life, and that's how I learned from my experience, when something is holding me back, mm-hmm. I am going to look at it and say, what is this thing trying to tell me? Don't do this, right? right. Don't, don't... You have an accent. Don't ever imagine you're going to speak on stage or speak in front of people. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take extreme action in the opposite direction. You telling me, I'm like one of those spoiled brats, right? You telling me (laughs) I can't speak on stage. I'm going to sign up for all kinds of courses and I'm going to become a public speaker. And sure enough, you know, one of my biggest speeches so far has been in front of 135 people. But it proved to me that if I do this, it works and I will overcome that, that limitation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really so cool. Yank, yank the leash on your limiting beliefs. Yeah. That's a, I, I love that notion. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I just really agree that, yeah, it's just taking those actions. Yeah. Like that's the only way to, to get through, through the. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, I just want to thank you. I, I'm super grateful for for your time and 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 wisdom today. Thank, thank you, you so much. much I appreciate it. Thank you. Great. If um if anyone wants to find you, where where can they find you? So I'm on Facebook at Carmen Badan. Yeah. Or uh, YouTube also Carmen Badan. Uh, I'm in the process. My my website is still in construction, so it's is it? carmenbadan.com. Yeah, cool. But uh, and also I'm on Instagram at carmen.badan. But yeah, uh, great. You know, contact me on Facebook. I I got I got it's at my fingertips. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate yeah. it. It was a wonderful, wonderful meeting today. Yeah, has been. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for listening today everybody hope you found something of value in this episode i know that i did some amazing wisdom here which i'm really pleased to release so that it can ripple out in the pond of collective humanity if you want to support the podcast we now have a patreon account and if you want to continue these kind of conversations in your own life check us out on facebook at we are the light people thanks and take care